This morning's scripture will be taken from Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4. And you, Father, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and a moderation of the Lord. Good morning and welcome again. We're very grateful for your presence. To those of you who are visiting, as always, we invite you to come back and be with us at every opportunity that you have. We are grateful for the privilege that we have to honor our fathers today. We're very thankful for you and we want to express to you how much we appreciate all that you do and say. We're very thankful for your example and the love that you have shown down through the years. As always, we want to encourage everyone to come back and be with us tonight at 6 p.m. We are always thankful for the opportunity to worship God in spirit and in truth. We're going to be looking at Ephesians 6 at verse 4, just one of the passages that we will be alluding to in our study, in our time together today. I want us to think about for just a few moments the theme, what, I want us to think for just a moment or two about the theme, the kind of father every child needs. As we begin our study today, let me just make this observation. We live in a society that is in many respects coming apart at the seams. It has been said, and I believe, believe it to be the case, as the home goes, so goes the nation. We are pro-family. We believe in the family. And we believe that the mother has her role in the home and the father has his role in the home. There are varying responsibilities that both the mother and father have before them based on what the scriptures teach. I want us to think for just a moment or two about what I believe to be the ideal kind of father. Our goal ought to be to live in such a way so that we are a light to our children. In other words, we want to live the kind of life that reflects Jesus on a daily basis and that attracts them to the Lord. And so having said that, let's just think for a moment or two about the kind of father every child needs. I want to begin by saying that we must be an example to our children in the Lord. There are many kinds of examples, and there are some good, there are some bad, there are some that are indifferent. We want to be the right kind of example, and so we begin by thinking about that divine ideal. Of course, those of us who are fathers, we understand that our role model is Jesus Christ. The Bible tells us in 1 Peter chapter 2 at verse 21 that Jesus has left us an example that we should follow in his steps. Christ is our great example. And if we will pattern our lives after his life, we will be a great success. Not only will we be a success, but we will be the kind of person with whom the Lord would be pleased. And I would say this, 
If Jesus is our example and we as a father are doing everything that we can to model his behavior, we'll be the right kind of father. Now, if you look at the life of the Apostle Paul, you hear him say on one occasion, be ye imitators or followers of me even as I also am of Christ. Paul understood that Jesus was the great example. And so he sought to pattern his life after the Lord. And that's what we're trying to do. And what we want to say to our children, verbally and even non-verbally, is, is this. Follow, follow our behavior, our example, insofar as we follow or imitate the Lord. Now, what about this idea of being a model? of Christian behavior. Is it not the case that as a father, we have a tremendous responsibility to be the right kind of example in the home? In 1 Timothy chapter 4 at verse 12, Paul writes to Timothy, and as you well know, Timothy was Paul's son in the faith. And even though Paul is writing to Timothy, and Timothy is a young man, I think the, the application is equally important to those of us who function in the role of a father. Paul said, let no one despise your youth, but be an example. In other words, be a pattern to the believers in word, in manner of life, in faith, in love, in spirit, in purity. In other words, Timothy, you show the world what it means to be a New Testament Christian. Wouldn't it be something if every father today had the goal of demonstrating Christ in his life? In other words, if every father was demonstrating that pristine example of Jesus in the home, look at some of the ill effects that we're facing in our nation today. And many of those problems stem from problems in the home. They go back to the home. And in many cases, they go back to the father. Well, as a father, we need to set the tone in the home. Two things. Number one, as we think about being the right kind of example in the Lord, children need to see our faith in the Lord. Now, Paul said in Romans chapter 1, verse 17, the just shall live by faith. We know that faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. And there's a correlation to our understanding of scripture, our knowledge of scripture, and our faith. When Paul wrote to Timothy, he said, I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. Paul was a man of conviction. He was a man of great faith. And I believe that you and I, those of us who serve as a father in the home, we need to be people of faith, and our children need to see our faith. Not only do they need to see our faith in the Lord, they need to see our faithfulness to the Lord. It's one thing to say, I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's one thing to affirm the existence of God, to talk about the church, to voice our respect for Scripture. It is another thing to be faithful to God. Jesus said, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. 
And the idea there is to put the Lord first in life. The Apostle Paul talks about, he talks about those who mind earthly things and he contrasts that way of life to those who realize their citizenship is in heaven, whence also they wait for a savior. We would be well served to demonstrate a heavenly mindset before our children. Do our children see the Lord as being preeminent in our lives? When our children observe our behavior, when they see us in the home, do they see somebody who is trying to the best of his ability to be faithful to Almighty God? Does that mean that as a father we do not make mistakes, that we don't say and do things that we shouldn't from time to time? Absolutely not. We are human beings. But we are striving to be faithful. As Jesus said, we are to be faithful until death. And the Lord has promised the crown of life to those that love him. A second thing that I believe that we ought to do as, as fathers, we ought to educate our children in the Lord. When we talk about educating our children in the Lord, what we're really stressing is divine instruction. Our children need to know what the Bible says. The Apostle Paul said in Ephesians 6 at verse 4, that we are to bring up our children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. There are two things I want to share with you along these lines. First of all, the priority of teaching our children. What about teaching our children about the Lord? Is it not the case that our young people need to know what I would call the ABCs of Christianity? Think about, think about children. Children are a marvelous things. I like the words of the psalmist when he said, happy is the man who has his quiver full of them. Nothing wrong with having a house full of children. But with children comes responsibility. And we have the responsibility of, of making sure that our children are schooled in the ABCs of life. I think about when, when children turn five, when they turn four or five now, they they go to, to kindergarten. And then they begin first grade. And typically today, first graders, they already know how to, how to read. I remember beginning the first grade. I did not know how to read. I didn't go to kindergarten. But I can remember getting those small books, Dick and Jane, and how happy I was when I could begin reading sentences. Well, how did all that come about? Well, first of all, I had to learn the ABCs, and then I had to learn words. And then the teacher would begin stringing those words together into sentences. We had spelling tests, but all of this, what, what are you doing? You're building on a foundation. When, when, when children enter the first grade, they're not handed a calculus book. They're not handed a biology book. No, they lay a foundation and then build their own. Well, that's what we have to do as parents. We have to begin laying a foundation in the home. Why is it imperative for our young people to be in Bible class? I remember when Braden was just a baby, maybe three, three months of age. We would drop him off at what was called a cradle roll class. I would be down the hall teaching. 
I could hear him down the hall crying. Was that hard? Yes. But there, there was intrinsic value in him being in class. And so as, as the years roll by, what happens? Our, our children begin to grow and to learn. They learn what, what I would call the ABCs of Christianity by the same token. As parents, we have to take the initiative to teach our children in the home. In Hebrews chapter five, one of the dangers of neglecting Bible study is that we do not grow as we ought to grow. Peter said in 1 Peter chapter two at verse two, he said, as newborn babes, Desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. In 2 Peter 3, verse 18, the admonition is to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Now, the Hebrew writer addresses a problem prevalent among those Jewish Christians. The problem was they were not growing and maturing in their faith. And so he said, when by reason of time you ought to be teachers, you have the need for someone to teach you the rudiments or the elements of the first principles of the oracles of God. And the bottom line was what the writer was saying is you need somebody to teach you the ABCs of Christianity. The byproduct of knowing God's word is the ability to discern good and evil based on verse 14 of chapter five. So as parents, we have to teach our children as father. Listen, the father is the spiritual leader in the home. He is to be the spiritual leader in the home. We talk about deadbeat dads. And typically when we talk about deadbeat dads, we're talking about individuals who do not live up to their responsibility in providing for their children. Well, let me tell you what. You can be a deadbeat dad if you do, if you do not teach your children Put them in mind of the will of God. In other words, if you're not fulfilling your spiritual responsibility in the home, if you're not being a spiritual leader, too many men have abdicated that position. They have relegated spiritual leadership to the mama. It's the responsibility of the daddy. The mama teaches, yes. She sets an example, absolutely. But the father is to be the spiritual leader in the home. Look at the people in Hosea's day. Hosea said, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. We look at the church today and we see crumbling foundations all around us. We see young people who, for whatever reason, have any number of problems. Many of those problems are tied to the family. And many of the things that, that, that they're having trouble with Go back to a misunderstanding of God's word. They don't have the right relationship with their parents and they don't have the right relationship with their Lord. Let me also talk to you about the practical treatment of our children. What is it we owe our children? Do we owe them a firm biblical footing in the home? Absolutely. You better believe it. But there are some practical things that our, our children need as well. Number one, as a parent, we need to communicate with our children. Now, Solomon said, a word fitly spoken is like apples of gold and pictures of silver. In other words, it's something of great value. 
James said in James chapter 1, verse 19, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. Now listen to me, please. As a mother or father, we need to communicate with our children. You and I need to have dialogue with our children. It may be the case you need to put the cell phone away. It may be the case you need to get off of Facebook. Can you, can you find out what's going on in the life of your child and communicate back and forth via Facebook? Yes. But if that's the only way you're communicating with your child, there's something wrong. Do you hear me? You understand what I'm saying? If your children come in the house and want to talk to you, and you're constantly telling them you're too busy, you've got this going on, you've got that going on, and you do not listen to them, I promise you they will find somebody to listen to them, and in all probability, that somebody is not going to be the kind of character that needs to be listening to them. We need, I understand we have, we have things going on in life, life is hectic, we all have responsibilities, we all have, we all have any number of things going on every day, but we need to take the time to communicate with our children. We communicate with anybody and everybody via the cell phone, via internet, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We need to be face-to-face -face with our children and not Facebook-to-Facebook -Facebook with our children. We need to look them in the eyes and talk to them, listen to them. If you'll listen to them, you'll learn a lot about them. If you don't listen to them, then the bottom line is you're not going to know what's going on in your child's world. And let me say this. One of the problems in the home today, there are a whole lot of mamas and daddies out there, if, if they were to be perfectly honest, they have absolutely no idea what's going on in the lives of their children. Whose fault is that? Is it not the case that the father is to be the spiritual leader? That the mama has a certain amount of responsibility? Are we, not the, are we not the ones that initiate a lot of this? So number one, we need to communicate with our children. Number two, we need to care for our children. We talk about caring for them physically. I mentioned a moment ago, deadbeat dads. And yes, there are some deadbeat parents out there. And in my humble opinion, they ought to be locked up. The Apostle Paul said, if a man won't provide for his own, he's worse than an infidel. And let me, just, let me just pause right here and say this. There are far too many grandparents that are rearing their children today. There are far too many grandmothers and grandfathers that have assumed the lead in the home. Shame on mothers and fathers for not fulfilling their responsibility in the home. Are they deadbeat dads? You better believe it. Are they deadbeat mothers? You better believe it. Let's just call it like it is. That's what they are. Now, caring for our children. Jesus grew in wisdom, in stature, in favor with God and man. That is a well-rounded young person. We have the responsibility as parents for caring for our children. We, we want to ensure that they are well-rounded, that, that they are growing physically, mentally, spiritually. We want to see them excel in life. 
And then thirdly, we must correct our children. When I was a child, I had numerous corrections. I can promise you. Well, we're not doing our children any favors if we do not correct them. We talk about sparing the rod and spoiling the child. The Bible says he who spares the rod hates or loves less his son. And the idea is that, that our children need discipline. They need parameters within which to operate. Our children need guidance. They, they need to understand that the parent or the parents are in charge. I remember when I was, when I was a young fellow growing up, whatever my, whatever my dad said, let me tell you what, that was law. Whatever my mother said, that was law. It was not, it, well, you know what happens when you break the law? You ever heard of the golden rule? I know what you're, you're thinking, Matthew chapter 7, verse 12. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Let me tell you what the golden rule is in the home. The man with the gold rules. The man with the gold rules. Whatever they say, that's what goes. And so we have to, we have to correct our children. When we truly, genuinely love our children, we correct them. Do, are we happy to do that? I, I don't know of any parent that takes pleasure in, in spanking a child, disciplining a child, but sometimes it has to be done. And when our children get in our shoes, guess what? They will, they will discipline their children, hopefully. Let me give you a third thing very quickly that we need to do as fathers. We must equip our children in the Lord. And this is really the divine imperative. We have to counsel and equip our children for living in the world. It'd be great if our children could live in a bubble, free from the cares and the toils and the, the anxieties and the difficulties and the temptations of life, but the, the, the bottom line is that's not a reality. We live in a rough world. And what we have to do is prepare our children for living listen to me, independently in the world. We have, to, we have to lay the foundation so that one day they can cut the apron string and live on their own. What does that entail? Let me just cite for you four things very quickly. And we need to begin doing this at an early age. We need to talk to our children about selecting the right kind of friends. You can never start too early telling your children, if you run with bad people, bad things are going to happen. Solomon talked about the importance of choosing wise companions. He said the righteous should choose his friends carefully. The way of the wicked leads him astray. In Proverbs 1 and verse 10, he said, My son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. Paul said it this way, Be not deceived. Evil companionship corrupts good morals. If you run with the devil, if your children run with the devil, guess what? 
they're going to end up living like the devil. Not only do we, we need to talk to them about selecting the right kind of friends, but we need to lay the foundation for the kind of mate that they will choose. Chances are your children will one day get married. Maybe they won't, but in all probability, they're going to get married. And here's the question. What kind of person are they going to marry? I know that there are in a number of success stories where a man or a woman has dated a believer or non-believer and the non-believer has converted and become a faithful member of the body of Christ and everything's turned out a-okay. But what we're trying to do is, is lay a foundation so that our children have the best probability of success. And what I'm saying is, if our children are going to have the best probability for success, they will marry a Christian. Somebody said, when is the best time to get a divorce before you ever get married? If you're not dating somebody that you wouldn't marry, you're dating the wrong person. You need to look at their character. You need to look at what kind of values they have. Amos asked the question many years ago, can two walk together except they be agreed? If you're not on the same page, physically, materially, and spiritually, you are dating the wrong person. You're looking at the wrong kind of person for a mate. And I would say the most important virtue you can look for is their spirituality. Are they a member of the Lord's church? If they're not a member of the Lord's church, you need to, you need to just back up. And I would encourage you, convert them. Get on the same page. Secondly, we have to talk to our young people head on about alcohol and drugs. When I was, when I was in junior high school, they call it middle school today, but when I was in junior high school, we had drugs. First time I'd ever, ever seen drugs was in junior high school. Somebody sat down and tried to sell me a joint. Seventh grade, scared to death. Let me tell you what, that happens every day now in many schools. As a parent, as a father, we have to talk to our children straight up about drugs and alcohol as a drug. Talk to them. Talk to them about crack, about meth, about pot. Talk to them about the dangers of alcohol. And while we're talking about alcohol and drug abuse, you ever noticed how many accidents occur after midnight? Listen to me, young people. Nothing good comes when you're out after midnight. Not one thing. There are a lot of people in eternity as we speak because they were out running around with a crowd, with a crowd full of kids in an automobile and drinking and driving and you know the rest of the story. Drinking Drugs will kill you. Solomon said, wine is a mocker, strong drink is raging, and whoever is deceived thereby is not wise. In other words, you, you, you play with drugs, you're a fool. That's really what the Bible's saying. Number three, the importance of a high work ethic. Again, we talk about the importance of working and laboring and toiling. Read Genesis chapter 3, verse 19. God decreed that by the sweat of his brow a man will earn a living. 
We got a lot of folks today that are on a welfare system. And really where they need to be, they need to be out working, laboring. Paul said, if a man won't work, don't let him eat. And again, this goes back as a father, we set the tone in the home. If we're a deadbeat dad and we don't provide for our children, guess what? In all probability, Junior is going to be a deadbeat dad one day. And number four, we need to be honest and responsible. Jesus said, let your yes be yes and let your no be no. Where do children learn honesty and responsibility? Do they learn, do they learn that at school? Maybe. Let me tell you where they need to learn it, in the home. They need to learn what it means to be honest and responsible, and they learn that in the home. I always like the phrase, monkey see, monkey do. If our children see us as honest, dependable, or reliable, guess what? Hopefully they're going to be dependable, honest, reliable. The kind of father every child needs, a godly father. Give us more fathers like Joshua, who said, as for me and my house, listen to him, we will serve the Lord. That's what it's all about. Are you here today and you're not a Christian? As a father, as a mother, as a son, as a daughter, if you're here today and you're not a Christian, our plea to you, come to Christ. Build your home on the Lord Jesus Christ. I would encourage you to come to believe that Jesus is the Son of God, John 8, 24. Repent of every sin, Acts 2, verse 38. Confess his name before others, Matthew 10, 32. And then be immersed in a watery grave of baptism, rising to walk in newness of life. But when you go down into that water, you contact the blood of Christ, the grace of God. And as Paul said regarding his salvation, he said every sin was washed away. When? When he was baptized, Acts 22, 16. And then be faithful until death. Be the kind of person God would have you to be. If you're unfaithful, why not come home? James said, confess your faults one to another, pray one for another. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Could we pray with you and for you? Why not come as we stand and sing?